0: change is constant in all things. In healthcare, change is rampant, particularly when it comes to technology. With the new year fast approaching, now is the ideal time for doctors to evaluate new technologies that have the potential to transform their practices for the better. Want to know which technology solutions are worth further examination for 2019? Stay tuned, because that's the topic of today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast, the doctor's resource for marketing and managing a thriving healthcare practice. I'm Lisa Christie. Joining me today is Caitlin Reiki, Vice President of Strategy at PatientPop. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, Lisa.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about your professional experience with healthcare technology, which is the
1: topic of today's podcast? Absolutely. I have been in healthcare technology for my entire career. Um, I went to graduate school for health policy and management, where I realized very quickly that uh, technology was going to be the only way we could actually scale uh, and create meaningful change in healthcare. I then went to Athena Health, which uh, provides practice management and EMR software for providers. I was there for uh, almost six and a half years and managed a number of initiatives there, including most of our patient engagement uh, products and services. So quite the
0: extensive background in healthcare technology then. So I guess you're the right person to talk to about this. I I hope so. (laughs) Great. So tell me, what are some technologies that are common in the average healthcare practice today? For example, do most practices have an EHR or EMR, and do most offer their patients a patient portal of some kind?
1: So, healthcare practices today are often under equipped when it comes to the technology needed to successfully run and grow their practices. But I will say, most practices do have an electronic health record system, and this is primarily due to mandates passed during the Obama administration. Overall, office adoption of electronic medical records is around 70%, and that number, that percentage increases as practice size increases. Um, Typically, alongside an electronic medical record system or EHR uh, would come a patient portal. But adoption of those patient portals really varies depending on the provider and the vendor. So, yes, most practices do have these capabilities. Um, Whether they're actually utilized is another question. Great. Let's
0: talk about emerging technology for healthcare practice What are some innovative technologies practices can use to enhance and complement their existing EHR solution, for example, and really help their practices grow?
1: Yeah, to answer that question well, I think it's first helpful to think and talk about some of the problems that practices and providers are facing in the market today. Running a physician practice is very complicated and requires a variety of skill sets and tools and and therefore technology, from dealing with legal administrative areas to managing practice financials to IT to contracting. This often leaves little time for physicians to focus on what matters most and typically the real reason they went to medical school, which is providing clinical care, Mm. You know, these myriad distractions are only getting worse with the transition to value-based care, and as the number of capabilities required to manage different reimbursement models is increasing. All this, of course, while trying to remain competitive in an increasingly competitive market where large health systems are slowly, are, or you know, in some cases quickly, <laughs> employing many of the once-independent practices. That's why when I think about the most important technologies to, for physician practices to adopt, I really focus on areas where physicians can outsource the work to technology companies to help them grow and streamline their practices. So the physicians focus on what they and only they can do, which is deliver the best possible clinical care. So as I think through those technologies, there are a few categories that I think practices should explore. Um, These include marketing platforms, patient engagement platforms, and practice efficiency tools. If we start with marketing platforms, I think the first technology that's really critical for physicians to have in order for, to remain competitive in their markets is, uh, you know, a marketing platform that's purpose built for healthcare. And this starts with solutions that can help providers and practices get found online, where really, let's face it, most consumers are doing their shopping for healthcare. Once found, it's also important that the experience for the patient or the prospective patient in many cases is streamlined and presents as few barriers as possible to get into the practice. But so many provider websites today look as though they were built ad hoc with very little focus on the consumer and the, the real end user. It's difficult, if not impossible, to figure out what the practice does, who the doctors are, and in most cases, patients can't actually schedule an appointment online, um, and they have to call the practice to do any sort of communications with the practice. Online scheduling capabilities and web chat services can streamline this process, and providers should really focus on choosing technologies that exist um, and that make it easy for patients to find and get into their practice. Patient pop obviously helps solve this problem by meeting the patient where they are, putting online scheduling capabilities in as many channels as possible where the patient might be searching for an appointment, like Google, Yelp, and by really building a beautiful consumer friendly practice website and enhancing communication capabilities through things like online chat. But that brings me to patient engagement capabilities. So once a patient is part of a practice, we talked a little bit about patient portals before, and I think the biggest problem with patient portals is it's another Um, technology for the patient to adopt, to download, to create a login for. And at least in my experience at Athena, we find that they're really underutilized. Um, And and Athena was one of the best in terms of adoption. So I think it's critical for providers to choose technology solutions that streamline their interactions and make it as easy as possible to communicate with patients. Um, Many EMRs offer these basic patient communication tools with little focus on the actual consumer. So... We talked about patient portals where these EMR companies are hiding bill pay, messaging, check-in features behind the patient portal, and as a result, patients aren't really actually using them. Technologies that meet patients where they are, like text messaging and email appointment reminders and recall reminders, um, sending feedback surveys can all help improve patient workflow and communication for the practices. The third category of technology to talk about um, is around practice efficiency, and there are a lot of different types of vendors out there um, that are really designed to help practices run more efficiently and wick work, work away from the practice. But one interesting category um, <clears throat> that I've explored recently, and something we talked to recently, is you know, a company called Ava. So this is an AI-powered virtual assistant using Amazon Alexa, which is you know, it's estimated that these um, you know, capabilities like Alexa will be in 50% of households, um, by 2020. So this particular company allows practices, practice employees to quickly and easily communicate with each other throughout the day. Um, so for example, as a provider, I could immediately communicate that my patient is ready for an x-ray, so the technician can immediately retrieve the patient, and this helps reduce the time the patient sits in the exam room, and then enables the provider to move to his or her next appointment. This helps keep the practice schedule on track, and providers are able to leave work on time. It also helps with patient engagement by providing a seamless experience for the patient, which in turn will likely result in them coming back to that practice and referring that practice to others.
0: All of that information is really interesting. I think when people think about healthcare technology, they think about, you know, how can I deliver better care with healthcare? But when you talk to, about healthcare practices, you have to remember that they're really businesses. And the healthcare technology that's really going to help them succeed is a technology that's meant to help their businesses run more efficiently. So it's really interesting, all those different topics that you just covered there. I am curious, have there been any tech solutions that have fizzled out or not really lived up to expectations in recent years? And if there are, what are those? And are there any red flags that a provider or practice owner can really f- look for in anticipation of this isn't really going to be a successful tech solution.
1: Yeah, I think there have been so many advancements in healthcare technology and it's very often dependent on the size of the practice, the particular practice needs, the specialties, um, you know, one example and I wouldn't I wouldn't say this is a technology that has fizzled because I think in many settings it has really accelerated use, but is telehealth. Now, telehealth it can be very useful in certain care settings, but not necessarily for the small practice um, or the independent practice. And so I think it's really important for practices to evaluate how this will work within my practice, how will this help complement the workflow of my practice, make things easier for my providers or my staff, um, and make sure that uh, – One question I always ask when I'm evaluating potential partner vendors is, you know, how how does this fit into the existing workflow? Because if it's something that is going to add additional steps, it's probably not going to be successfully adopted um, by uh, either the practice, the practice staff, um, or patients. And so that's a really important question to ask and a a really important sort of aspect to evaluate. I also think practices and, and Um, buyers should be aware of the return on investment uh, of any of these vendors or or features um, and and make sure that they're really asking questions around, uh, what can I expect for the dollars that I'm spending on this? Because we know, obviously, budgets are limited, um, and practices should really make sure that they're uh, evaluating that ROI. Interesting.
0: So new technologies, you're talking about return on investment A lot of times they come with a pretty steep price tag. If I want to get this new software solution, for example, it might cost me something every month. It could cost me something very large up front. How, if I am a healthcare practice owner, how do I evaluate whether it's going to be worth it?
1: Yeah, I would um, ask vendors or technology solution providers what are the key metrics that you're tracking, um, key metrics for success that you're tracking for this product? Uh, what can I expect when I buy it? Um, what sort of, re- as I said before, what sort of return can I see for my, for my money? Um, and I think, you know, red flags would be, well, they're not really sure about the ROI of their product or service. They don't have key um, success metrics that they're tracking or Key proof points that um, help tell the story of why this technology will help their practice be successful, um, or maybe they maybe they do, but not necessarily for practice like practices so practices of a similar size or specialty or in a similar geography. I also think an interesting thing to look out for, and it's not really possible for some many vendors, but um, aligned incentive models where um, you know. It, if you do well practice, we do well. Um, and so think about vendors that are willing to, you know, put put money on the line and, and really align incentives with, um, with the practice. And that's likely going to be a successful partnership um, between a practice and a vendor.
0: Yeah, it sounds very similar, again, talking about a healthcare practice as a business. If I, in my business, me personally, me, Lisa Christie, am evaluating a tool to implement in my workplace. I always ask, you know, do you have case studies? Can I talk to other customers? So it seems like these solutions or these uh, technology companies that doctors would talk to should be able to provide that kind of information.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I I think reference clients, um, case studies, uh, but also proof points across like doctors. So um, I, I agree, case studies are, are very helpful, but I'd also ask the question of, okay, well, how does this product or, or service perform for you know, all the um, OB-GYN practices uh, that are of similar size to me? And I think most good um, healthcare vendor, uh, technology vendors are going to be able to answer that question um, and, and have uh, some solid proof points that will uh, make you feel more confident in your buying decisions. Sure. So I know
0: anytime the new iPhone comes out and I don't get the new iPhone, I have a little bit of FOMO, which is fear of missing out. But I imagine that failure to adopt new technologies at a healthcare practice, there's more severe conf- consequences than just, oh, I feel like I missed the boat. What kind of consequences could a healthcare practice feel if they don't adopt technology that helps them succeed?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know the name of the game in this very competitive healthcare market is um, getting new patients into your practice and retaining those patients and keeping them interested and engaged. And I think the number one consequence for not adopting technology that will help practices do that is, um, you know, losing patient volume to, especially to the big competitor down the street who has bigger marketing budgets and can spend money on billboards and, um, you know, has uh, many, many providers. So, It's really important for practices, and that's in obviously two specific areas, sort of marketing and patient engagement, but for practices to think about those technologies, because I think they do risk falling behind, especially in competitive markets. Um, And I, I think that it's not only is it competitive to attract and retain patients, but I think it's also really competitive to attract and retain providers and staff. And <clears throat> which is why you know, it brings me back to sort of efficiency technology and technology that can make providers and um, staff's life lives easier. Uh, and without you know, if, if failure to adopt those sorts of technologies could lead to staff burnout, provider burnout, um, which is a risk for any practice, but uh, obviously critical to the success of a practice as well. Right.
0: There's all these things that if you're a provider at a larger healthcare system, you might might be thinking about, you know, staff burnout and things like that. But it just goes to show you when you are kind of a smaller healthcare practice or even, you know, a medium sized healthcare practice with 20 or so providers, you have to think about all these different things. It's just, it's so much. <laughs> yes,
1: it is so much. I know. And, uh, and, you know, hopefully this was helpful and, and that's why we're here to help too. But
0: It was very helpful. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your knowledge on healthcare technology and what we should expect in 2019. Thank you.
1: The Practice Growth Podcast is brought to you by PatientPop. PatientPop enhances and automates each touch point in the patient journey, from first impression online to digital booking to post-appointment
0: follow-up. With PatientPop, healthcare providers can attract more patients manage their online reputation, modernize the patient experience, and automate the front office. For more information, visit patientpop.com.